So if you've been joining us, we've been doing a series called The Texts That Have Touched Us. And today, I get to share one of the texts that have changed my life. And when I was given this assignment, you would think picking a text would be easy. I love the Bible. I had this really long list that I cut down to a short list. And I was like, well then, Cynthia, you're doing great. And then I actually tried to steal Sally Thompson's text because it was so good. And they're all good. That's the problem. So then I had this thought in my head of Deuteronomy 31.8. And I kind of kept pushing it to the side. And I was like, you know, I'm familiar with this passage. I just don't know if that's the one that I want to use. And then when I actually sat down to finally pick the passage, I realized that the Holy Spirit had been nudging me, kind of hitting me in the back of the head for a while, because the Holy Spirit knew that I was going to need this passage in the coming weeks before I actually knew that I needed it. So it's September, and another school year has started. And there's usually a period of adjustment. If you're a parent, I just want you to know I see you. <laughs> it is just as hard for parents as it is for kids. There are new experiences and adventures, but there's also change, figuring out your routine, establishing some habits. Even if you don't have kids, the flow of traffic <laughs> changes enough that it affects your life. Now coming to work, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going, going on the way where people go to school. It takes me a little bit longer. So it was at this time, nine years ago, in 2009, that I was packing up and preparing to move across the country. I moved to New Jersey to continue my seminary studies. And if you have ever thought about, heard about, maybe traveled through, or lived in New Jersey, if you know anything about New Jersey, then you know that it is drastically different than Southern California. If you step outside of California, the world is a different place. And I don't know how you feel about change, but I'm going to tell you how I felt about it. I had feelings of anger, not necessarily directed at anyone in particular, but more at the situation, recognizing that I had to leave my comfortable setting and go someplace new. It sounds ridiculous to say it out loud. I'm a homebody. I like to be in a familiar place with familiar people. I like where I am, and I was angry because I felt that I was being called to leave what was comfortable. I also felt uncertain about the future. I didn't know a single person in New Jersey. I was going kind of as a new person, just walking onto campus. I also felt overwhelmed with all of the details. I had to pack all my stuff. And I'm a type A person. I packed and then unpacked and then packed and then unpacked and then repacked like six times just to get it to all fit. And so I had all these decisions to make. And I felt so overwhelmed that I just went numb. I just shut down. And life was happening to me instead of me actually living life. And then ultimately, I felt sad. And that first night in my dorm room, I cried. And in the midst of all of that change and uncertainty, this verse today allowed me to stand strong. It grounded me because of the promises that are given in this verse. 
But before we dive into the actual verse, I'm going to back up a lot. So God gave this promise to Abraham that his descendants are going to grow into a great nation. And that promise comes true. And the children of Abraham grow into a huge nation. And their numbers increase. And the Egyptian pharaoh is actually a little afraid of their numbers. And so out of their fear, the Egyptians make the Israelites their slaves. So the Israelites cry out in their slavery. They're suffering greatly, and they cry out to God to free them. And God hears their cries and chooses a man named Moses to go back to Egypt to free the Israelites. So God is working through Moses to rescue the Israelites. And the Israelites are rescued from slavery, and they flee from Egypt, and they go to the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, God gives them specific instructions that are going to set them apart from all of the people living around them. Some of these instructions include following the Lord and being loyal to the Lord only, worshiping the Lord and no one else. They're also instructed to care for one another. They're also instructed to keep God's commandments. Spoiler alert, the Israelites are terrible at doing this. They fail time and time again to be faithful to God. And because of this, they are doomed to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Yet through all of this, God continues to be faithful to the Israelites. Every trial and every change that they go through, God is there leading them. And through it all, God is speaking through Moses and leading them through battles, drought, and temptations of all kinds. So you've just gone through the first five books of the Bible. Congratulations. You should sit down and read it. It's, it's a thrilling read. It takes a little bit longer than the three minutes it took for me to tell you that, but you've gone through the first five books. So the Israelites are on the longest road trip ever. It has taken them 40 years. This road trip is coming to an end. Their wandering has an end. They are on the edge of the Jordan River. They can see the land that God has promised to give them that God wants them to live in. All they have to do is cross the river. Throughout this whole journey, they have looked to Moses to lead them. And it's at this point that Moses tells them he cannot go with them into the promised land. He has been instructed by God to hand over leadership to Joshua. So who is Joshua? Joshua has been Moses' assistant for all of these years. He has shadowed Moses, he has watched him lead, he has helped him make decisions, and Joshua was the only other person who was allowed to go partway up the mountain when Moses received the Ten Commandments. Joshua is the one who's going to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land, not Moses. So the book of Deuteronomy, Moses gathers all of the people together, and this is his final speech, it's actually quite long. 31 chapters, but read it, it's really good. So Moses gathers everyone together, and he commissions Joshua to lead the people. And then, this is what God says, or this is what Moses says to the people. And this is our verse for today. He says, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. 
He will neither fail you nor abandon you. The Israelites are facing a huge change. For so long, they've been relying on Moses' leadership. They're facing a future that is dangerous. There are already people living in the land that God has called them to live in. The task of conquering this land is going to give the Israelites plenty of opportunities to trust the Lord. The future is definitely dangerous, but it's also full of enormous possibility. I don't love change. I mean, who loves change? Like, for reals, who loves change? I don't love change. Yeah, okay, cool. Some of you do. God bless you. That's great. There are changes that catch us by surprise, like God showing up in the burning bush and telling Moses he actually has to go back to Egypt to leave the Israelites. Surprise! There are also changes, like waking up one morning, and you don't feel well, and something's not quite right, and you realize that you have a serious medical condition that requires surgery, hospitalization, and recovery time. Those those surprises catch us off guard. But there are also changes that we know are coming. And knowing something is going to happen and then having that happen are two different things. Because you can watch your kids grow up, you can watch them grow older, knowing that one day they're going to possibly move away. I say possibly because who really knows? You know they're going to graduate from high school, right? (laughs) Possibly move away someday. Yet when when they do just that, you might not feel prepared for the transition and the change that that causes in your life. It causes an adjustment and change good or bad, leaves us feeling a little insecure and stressed about the future. And if you weren't here last week, Pastor Jeff announced his retirement at the end of this year. And while we wish Pastor Jeff and Peg well, his announcement has stirred some emotions within us. And Pastor Jeff has said this before, we perceive all change as loss. And that's true for good change or even change that we want. When I left home and crossed the country, I felt a deep sense of loss. Moving to New Jersey was the right choice, and it was the best choice for me. But it didn't feel like that in the beginning. And so when I look for advice, I go to the wise sage, Mr. Rogers, as we all should. Here's what he once said. Often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. What was ending was my time in See Me. But what was beginning was the rest of my story. If I had spent all my time in New Jersey looking back and mourning what I had lost, I wouldn't have been able to look forward to where God was leading me. And today's text has taught me to live with hope 
being able to look forward, knowing that God goes ahead of me. I have hope for what's coming down the line because I know that God is already ahead of me. And the same is true for you, and the same is true for Stonebridge. Because God goes ahead of us and leads us. God goes ahead of us and leads us. God was really the one the Israelites were following when they wandered in the desert. And without a roadmap, the Israelites need clear signs so that they know which direction to go. So check this out. The Israelites have actually been guaranteed God's presence before this point in Deuteronomy. While they're wandering in the wilderness, here's what God does for them. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Sounds familiar, right? The Lord went ahead of the Israelites and did not remove his presence from them. God is paving the way for them to follow. And no matter what change is coming in our lives, God is ahead of us, leading the way. But it's not just in the Old Testament that we are assured of God's presence. In this illustration that John records, Jesus is talking about a sheep pen. And there are a bunch of sheep in the sheep pen waiting for the shepherd to lead them out. There are also thieves who try and steal the sheep, but there is only one shepherd. And so John records Jesus saying this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. The shepherd walks ahead of the sheep. And Jesus is pointing to his role as the good shepherd and the one whose voice we are to follow. Knowing that God goes ahead of us is only helpful if we choose to follow him. <laughs> Knowing that God goes ahead of us is only only helpful if we choose to follow him. I'm directionally challenged. Going to learn a lot about me today. <laughs> Who else is directionally challenged? Where are my people at? Yes! Let's get lost together. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Some people have different talents. That is not one of mine. God bless you if you do. So I need to use GPS on my phone. It's not a want. It is a definite need. And you know that if you've ever traveled or carpooled with me. I don't know why I get lost. Here's the deal, though. Doesn't matter if you are not directionally challenged or you are. How many of us have received an instruction from our GPS and we have decided that we know better? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, so you're all with me. Great. So I have ignored an instruction from my GPS and then it recalculates. I actually hear that a lot unintentionally, but I have found my st myself stuck in traffic conditions that I could have avoided. 
if I had taken that road that the GPS wanted me to take. What I couldn't see coming down the line was the traffic or the construction or the school zone that my GPS wanted me to avoid. I thought I knew better. But it turns out I have stuck, <laughs> I have been stuck in several traffic situations and things that I could have avoided if I had listened to the GPS. There's a couple of things happening in Jesus's illustration. First, the sheep recognized the shepherd's voice because they were close enough to hear it. The sheep trust the shepherd to care for them, and they stayed connected to the flock that nurtured and protected them. And following God's lead means we have to stay connected to God. And second, the sheep chose to follow the shepherd's voice. They didn't ignore it because they thought they had a better way. They didn't let their fear guide them. They listened to the shepherd's voice. One of the first things Moses says is, don't be afraid. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Why shouldn't they be afraid? The future is dangerous. Because God is going ahead of them, and God is leading them. I love this image in Psalm 23 of the places that God leads. David is the author of this psalm, and he's arguably Israel's greatest king. But before he was a king, he was a shepherd. And he took care of goats and sheep in the field. And he uses his experience of being a shepherd to draw out this beautiful image of where God leads us. He says, God leads me beside peaceful streams. I mean, doesn't that sound great? Like, if I'm going to follow God anywhere... I want it to include napping in green meadows and renewing my strength by peaceful streams. I mean, I would nap there. I'd wake up with 100 bug bites, but I'd fall asleep there. I want to go there. <laughs> if God's leading me, I want to go there. When we allow God to lead us, we find the rest and peace described in Psalm 23. And if you read Deuteronomy, it's an emotional setting, and it feels anything but peaceful. Standing on the threshold between the past and the future, the Israelites are a reminder for us that although we want this image, God not only leads us in the peace, God also leads us in the chaos of the unknown, the chaos of the uncertain. Change can make us feel out of control. I hate feeling out of control. Anything unexpected in our lives that happens can make our anxiety level go up. The Israelites felt out of control a lot, and they tried to control their situation, and every time they did, it ended badly. I was racking my brain this week for examples of decisions I've made when I felt out of control that were good and positive. I came up with zero, so I'm just going to let you know that. I don't think I've ever made a good decision when I have felt out of control. 
I know that I make emotional and reckless decisions when I feel out of control. Moses reminds the people to not get discouraged because he knows that what is coming is going to cause some of them to lose heart. He knows that what is coming is going to cause some of them to doubt God's plan, which is why he also reminds them that God will not fail them. He will neither abandon them or fail them. God is reliable. I read a lot of articles this week talking about Moses' leadership, and academics and theologians agree Moses is a great leader. He was. He was a great leader. He had his faults for sure, but he led Israel for over 40 years. But he was a great leader because he recognized one very important truth. He recognized that God was in control. Moses could do nothing without the power of God working in him. Change has the ability to knock us over. Change has the ability to uproot us. And change has the ability to sweep us away. But we can stay strong through any of life's storms if we root ourselves in this very simple truth. God is with you. God is with you. In the midst of all of that change and turmoil, God promises to be with you. And the promise that God will be with someone is not isolated to this one passage in Deuteronomy. God promised to be with Abraham when he called him to go from his comfortable place to a new location. God promised to be with Isaac and then with Jacob. And when Joseph didn't want to compromise his integrity, and he ended up in prison, God promised to be with him. And all of those are just in the first book of the Bible. It goes on, but I thought you'd get my point. God promises to be with you. And this promise is not an empty promise. This promise was fulfilled in very real ways. When the angel appears to Mary, he tells her that the Lord is with her, and then he tells her that she is going to have a son, and they're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Sitting in my dorm room in New Jersey, I felt alone. I wasn't. Not really. Knowing that I'm not alone is a huge comfort. Because when reality shifts and we have to adjust to our new normal, we might feel alone. We might feel alone in our disappointment. We might feel alone in our loss of opportunity. We might feel alone in our grief. So if you're struggling with something today, a change that has knocked you over, it's left you feeling distant and discouraged, I want to encourage you with this. Remember this truth. God is with you. And your story is not over. 
God's promise to be with you is comforting, but it's also exciting because God is already at work in you and in the world. God is active. God is not passive. God didn't decide to go to work the day that you decided to show up. God has already been working, not only in you, but also in the world. Knowing that I hate change, I do have to admit that change is good for kicking my butt. More than just recognizing that change is a part of life and I have to accept it, I have come to understand that change can be helpful for growth. Because without change, we live on autopilot. We get comfortable with where we are and what we're doing. And in light of Pastor Jeff's message from last week, I think when we're comfortable, we stop daring greatly and dreaming big. We live safe, comfortable lives. Our faith feels comfortable. Moving to New Jersey put me out of my comfort zone so much that I had to look for new ways of God working in my life. The Israelites can't claim the future that God has planned for them and stay in Egypt. They can't. You can't have both. They have to move and change. And for centuries, God worked in this rebellious group of people. Way back in Genesis, God has established a covenant with Abraham, and he says, everyone on earth will be blessed through you. At the end of Deuteronomy, not everyone on earth has been blessed, <laughs> which means the story's not over. The Israelites were part of God's plan to free and save the whole world through Jesus Christ. And long before the sun came into the world, God had a plan. And just when people thought God had gone silent, God sent his son into the world for our healing and redemption. And today we celebrate the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we rejoice in the work of God on our behalf. Communion is not just a reminder of what God has done. Communion is also a moment for us to look forward. Jesus said, I will return. God's story is not over. So remember that God goes ahead of you. God is leading you. And even in the midst of change and all that turmoil, God promises to be with you. And God is at work in you and in the world. And God invites you into this work.